hopeless when we care so much. We never plan to get our hearts involved. I just hope that we're Listening to FBI 94.5. That was Make It Out Alive by Nao. My name is Bridie Tenner. You are listening to Mornings. It's one minute past 10 o'clock. Hey, what do Martin Scorsese and Margot Robbie have in common? Well, I'll tell you one thing they have in common. It's that they're both coming up in movie news today, brought to you by film hordes Jack and Andre. During Movies, 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 it kicks off in a couple of tracks' time. And I've just gotten word from producer Bree that she has hustled up a double pass for you to go and see the number one recommended must-see film at the Sydney Film Festival, She Who Must Be Loved. Stick around to find out how you can win that one. We're also having a chat to the director, Erica Glynn. It's all coming up during Movies, Movies, Movies. Plus, I've got some music from Sydney Three Piece Retiree and a live track from Snail Mail coming up very soon. This is Tyler, the creator, with I four, Think. Four, 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 four.
four, four. FBI Radio is a unique, independent voice in Sydney media, and it's your support that makes it possible. To say thanks, we're giving our supporters the chance to win some sweet prizes every week. To head along to the best gigs in Sydney, win some vinyl or some free movie tickets, go to fbiradio.com slash support. UK folk artist Lucy Rose is heading to Sydney in June. Playing tracks from No Words Left, a sublime new record is receiving five-star reviews and being called the best work of her career. Lucy Rose plays the Factory Theatre on June 5. Tickets on sale now at chugentertainment.com. Chug Entertainment, sponsoring FBI Radio.
Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner. Featuring Jack and Andre. <laughs> Good morning, Jack and Andre. Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having Coo-coo. us. My film lords. My dear friends and the people who clue me into what's good and uh, what's happening in the world of cinema. Before we get into movie news, uh, we do have a little giveaway today, don't we? We do. We're giving mm. away two tickets to... Actually, is it two double passes or just two, two tickets? Two t- one double pass. One double pass to She Who Must Be Loved, which is a documentary. We're actually interviewing the filmmaker at the end of today's episode, so stay tuned. I'm really excited to talk to Erica Glynn. Now, have you guys seen She Who Must Be Loved yet? Yeah, we, we have. have. seen a sneaky, sneaky screener. We have, and it's amazing. It's actually The Guardian's number one pick, not the... Yeah. You should listen to anyone else but us. But okay, but on the Film Lords scale of one to must see, 100% have to see this film, where does she who must be loved see? I can, let, let, me descri- let me describe it. Jack and I started to watch The Perfection, which is a Alison Williams horror movie on Netflix. <laughs> we watched two minutes of it. We stopped, put on She Who Must Be Loved, and we were like, this is just stunning and slays we like, any other option. Is this Saturday night viewing? Like, it's a documentary. Mm. It's an Australian film. It's about the media industry. All these things are sort of things that would make us usually turn away and pretend to enjoy it but actually this is so full of energy and so essential viewing it's so fun so stick around till the end of movies 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 for your chance to win a double pass to that movie news okay so after today i want to hear anything more about the khan film festival (laughs) so give me three highlights and one of them has to be about Margot Robbie. Okay, Australian act- actress Margot Robbie's new film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood screened at Cannes Film Festival actually took away the Palm Dog, which is the award for best dog, <laughs> uh, which is actually the only award that Quentin Tarantino walked away with at the festival after he got snappy when a reporter brought up Margot Robbie's character, Sharon Tate, having very few lines of dialogue. Margot kind of responded with grace. QT just kind of snapped at the journalist and said, I reject your hypothesis. Yeah, and it's like, reject my hypothesis. We saw the film. She's on screen for a certain amount of time and she has a very Andre, few lines. Andre talking with such <laughs> conviction about how you've seen the film. You haven't I haven't seen even the seen film. the trailer and I'm already, I can already just sense the tension that's happening with this reporter. Anyway, I just, you know me, I just love a reporter getting up during a press conference and asking an obnoxious question. What can I say? I grew up on chases more and everything. It's so how long until uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes to Sydney screens? August. I think it comes out in August. Yeah. And, uh, Will you yeah. be seeing it again? We'll be seeing it, but Lord knows it's going to be this huge, long-scale media cycle in the lead-up to it with trailers, interviews, press-ups that honestly... Andre, you gonna... sound bored already. I know, can you believe it? Because normally I'm like a, a, Q- a QT defender, but this time around I'm just like, God, another... Because cl- it's because... Jack and I clarified, I like a QT that's a bit more punchy and sappy and a bit more music video, and this one apparently looks a bit classical, and I'm not into classical. QT, of course, standing for Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> truly, truly, truly. The filmmaker <laughs> took me a second, <laughs> Took me a second to sort of clue in there. Um, okay, well, tell me about what old mate Martin Scorsese's been up to. Something um, good, I hope? Yes, 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 yes. So, classic director Martin Scorsese, famous for The Departed, Taxi Driver, and Hocus Pocus 2, produced the debut film of Danielle Lesovitz called Port Authority. It premiered at the Cannes Film Festival and was lauded by critics. And it's a trans narrative where gender identity isn't the secret that has to be hidden from people, quote-unquote. And uh, I guess it's just exciting to hear that 
Martin Scorsese, who's famous for, you know, roughneck New Yorkers, taxi drivers, punching people, Vera Familia, being a boss bitch, is making... You know, oh, Jack, now you're, like, nagging well, me to hurry up? Or no, what are you? you're just going so far off script. Okay, okay. Anyway, it's just exciting to hear that he's making something a bit outside of his comfort zone. You know, I know what I mean? I'm really excited. It sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so have you been a fan of Martin Scorsese in the past? I know that Jack has. I famously am. I just listened to him on a podcast with Julia Hogg, who's got a film at the Sydney Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And um, the invitation, and he just loves. He's just like us. Mm. And I know that you might hate that, but I think After Hours is a genius film, and I want to watch New York, New York with Liza Minnelli. And I think he's actually a big softy, mm, big softy. And is Port Authority coming to Sydney Film Festival? Do you it know? isn't. No, it's no. not. But you know what? Sydney Film Festival often has some surprise last minute captures from Cannes. So That's true. stay and tuned. They have some pressure on. They haven't announced the closing night film, so it could be Port Authority. Port Who Authority. Knows? They could yeah. swing that under their belt. Okay, and for fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia what are the chances that Danny DeVito is going to play Wolverine in the next X-Men <laughs> <laughs> well after a petition was put out to Marvel and gained more than 30,000 signatures maybe we can expect Danny DeVito to grace the adamantium claws that's right it sounds amazing it's amazing to think of the director of Matilda going on to be Wolverine wait Danny DeVito directed Matilda yeah, we, we've had this conversation really before <laughs> Well, I really... I, I mean, he did have my vote. Mm. I think so, too. 100%. I, mean, I would probably actually go and watch an X-Men film if Danny DeVito was in it. I guess it's kind of... You would avoid the controversy that Will Smith is getting doing Aladdin, like, doing the genie instead of Robin Williams by having someone so, so, like, such a different take from Hugh Jackman. Mm. Like, you really couldn't get further than Danny DeVito from Hugh Jackman. I just feel like in this uh, in this era of uh, <laughs> films, we should just hire a real Wolverine to play Wolverine. Exactly. It's crazy yeah. that real Wolverine isn't being represented. And then get it yeah. voiced in animation by Rebel Wilson. Guys, Moving on. You guys are so informative. Um, we're going to get into two reviews after a song from Trent Reznor from the Social Network soundtrack. This is In Motion. Two reviews coming up next on Movies, Movies, Movies. Mornings, FBI 94.5.
Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross in motion from the social network. Soundtrack? You're listening to Movies, Movies, Movies. I'm joined by Jack and Andre. One! No, no, no. Two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews! Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Two reviews. Andre, you were going first for two reviews today. That's right, yeah. So Reviewing not so much of a movie today. Well, it's a mid-length video oh, essay is debatable. what they're calling it. It's debatable. It was the biggest release of last week, I would say. Tell us what happened. So, Tati Westbrook, makeup guru, tycoon, pretty much ousted her partner in crime, James Charles, who's also a famous YouTube makeup tutorial person. And they both released videos pretty much pointing fingers, saying, this person did this, this person did that, and I'm not sorry for this, and I'm not sorry for that. Anyway, both the videos got more than 40 million views. And I'll be reviewing James Charles's response to Tati's video. I recognize the fact that I haven't always been the best role model, and that sucks. I've tried, but I will try way harder. And the mid-length film is called No More Lies by James Charles. And basically, it's cancel culture getting its magnum opus. Some are calling it a YouTube video, but I'd coin it a dumped wife's revenge by makeup tycoon James Charles, his dying breath to salvage his ass. James was publicly shamed in front of hundreds of millions. We're talking hundreds of millions. We're talking YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. But fired back with desperate social network style in a 40-minute video essay, that film essayist Trinity Minha would probably yawn at. No More Lies enables some form of emotional manipulating, but are we watching for Hashtag Truth or the desperate locked-off one-shot, calculated tears, Regina George anger brewing in his eyes? It's James Charles preaching innocence like some post-Meryl Streep in Kramer vs. Kramer bullshit. He's been dogged, but from the recesses of his immaculate complexion summons the strength to wrangle a suspenseful 40-minute mid-length feature film on YouTube, public apology worthy of a palm door from Khan. I also don't care about it at all, but it was gripping to watch. Jack, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, I care about this just as much as I care about Meryl Streep's career, and I think that was such a great parallel to sort of draw. Really? Well, I made it because Braddy famously watched Kramer vs. Kramer just the other day, and for all those who don't know, there's a really famous scene where Meryl Streep is at a trial, and she's basically giving her take, and that's what James Charles does here. He just gives his side of the story with receipts. So that's No More Lies. It's on YouTube right now. On YouTube right now, yes. James the, Charles. The original video by Tati, where Tati was shaming him, has been deleted. But James Has Char- Sister been deleted? Sister has been deleted. I didn't know that. She took it down, but James Charles' video is just rising in numbers and viewers. Jack, before we get into your review of Saturday Afternoon, can I just say, is this possibly, on J- and Jack, just a big sort of like... Okay, conspiracy theory. Is this just like a big publicity stunt, maybe? Oh, I mean, entirely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I'm wondering how many... Because I'm wondering how many people are now buying the products by each makeup artist, whether people are buying Tati's products or James's products. Like, it could just be a fabulous advertising scheme. I think it's really dangerous to call this publicity stunt because of the harm it's done to the LGBTQ plus community. Okay, Mr. I Love Mad Men, are you kidding me? <laughs> All right, let's get into a real film review. Jack. <laughs> oh, oh, a real film review. Okay, shady, shady. Okay. Saturday afternoon. Uh, on a bit more serious note, is about the Holy Artisan Bakery terrorist attack that happened a few, uh, three years ago now, and it's showing at the Sydney Film Festival. Tell us a little bit about this Bangladeshi film. Yeah, I guess it's on the other end of the accessibility spectrum. Not hundreds of millions of people will be able to watch this kind of 
another, I guess, important cultural conversation Saturday afternoon. It's a film inspired by a real-life siege that happened inside a cafe in Dhaka that looks kind of like a Big Brother set, and it's a one-take film. The camera rolls around watching the action or the TV showing what's happening on the outside of the siege or pausing for intimate moments between the attackers, who are just a bunch of rich 20-year-olds and the patrons and staff of the bakery. Like, one moment where we watch the two, like, a staff member and one of the attackers share a cigarette and it burns down to the nub, which as a cutaway would be lame, but in a one-take movie is some kind of a miracle. This film demands to be studied. Arguments about religion and nationalism punctuate the murders that come hard and fast. It's like a play, but not some beige Belvoir nostalgia affair. It feels like someone trying to make sense of tragedy and have a conversation about it. Unfortunately, the film was banned in Bangladesh and Mustafa may face legal consequences for what the government is labelling a publicity stunt. Make sure you see it at the Sydney Film Festival because you might not have a chance to see it any other way. Are we reviewing publicity stunts this week? I, I think, think we, we are. We've done two publicity stunt movies that are about real life conflicts and seeing two sides of the same coin, I think, mm. and sort of planting themselves in between it. Famously. With receipts. Famously, Mustafa Sawar Faruqi, the director of the film Saturday Afternoon, is going to be in the country for the Sydney Film Festival. And if you are wondering, the screen, the screening of the film is Monday the 10th of June, 2.15pm, and Thursday the 13th of June, 8.15pm. And are you guys going to try and snag an interview with Mustafa? That is right. I hope so, we yeah. fully are. We fully are. I definitely have a different relationship to this film than most people because I've been to the bakery in Dhaka, and I think that maybe that has given me a different perspective on it. But I found it creep like cripplingly harrowing and uh, haunting to think that they're. I mean, like I'm, I'm actually not sure that they actually shot this in the original location. No, they absolutely, they absolutely didn't. It's yeah, like on a set, I think. Fully, fully. But the idea of revisiting that historical location and the historical moment and event just seems, you know, full of emotion and full of conflict that's really palpable in the film. And it's so present. Like, often you see these films years and years down the track. But I think because it's only three years, it's about this time that happened in July in 2016 during Ramadan. And we're in Ramadan right now. It really feels like there's these moments that tie it to... I don't know. It feels like it could be happening right now. And it's these questions that I, like... He's um, Muslim and he sort of interrogates conservative Muslim values in these films. But I think it really ta- speaks to violence all over the world, the rise of sort of right wing conservative views and like a lot of how this violence is quite gendered. Like he's, they're interrogating women a lot during the film and his wife is in the film. It's, it's just such an interesting film. Saturday Afternoon is the name of the movie showing on the 10th of June for the Sydney Film Festival. In a word... Mesmerising. Harrowing. And uh, on for your review, No More Lies by James Charles on YouTube. What would you give that in a word? Hyphenated word. No More Lies. Uh, We have a text here. Hey, ladies, I have... uh, Sorry, have Movies, Movies, Movies published a list online of what Sydney Film Festival's movies I should see... I feel the same way because I need you guys to decide for me. Well, fabulously enough, we don't have a listicle. We have a video on the FBI Facebook page called First Take of Sydney Film Festival where Jack and I just laid out for you and perform what people should go see at the Sydney Film Festival this year. Excellent. We are going to go to a track now. When we come back, we're talking to Erica Glynn, who directed one of the Sydney Film Festival's must-see movies this year, She Who Must Be Loved. This is Oh Boy Talk to M333. You're listening to Movies, Movies, Movies. Jack and Andre join me right now. FBI 94.5 on mornings. Sydney artists, oh boy there. You're listening to Movies, Movies, Movies. My name is Bridie, joined by Jack and Andre here uh, this Monday morning. And we're about to talk to the director of this film. Well, that's the problem, see. Everybody asked me the same questions. I was in the right place at the right time to get a job there and I stuck to it and I helped. And I've been telling you these stories for years 
and nobody ever listened and suddenly now everybody wants to know. She Who Must Be Loved, directed by Erica Glynn. You just heard the voice of her mother, Freda Glynn. Good morning, Erica. Thank you for joining us on the line. No problems. Now, uh, you've directed this movie. We've been talking about it all morning. It's getting rave reviews. It showed in Adelaide uh, last year. Uh, how are you feeling uh, in the lead-up to it being showed at the Sydney Film Festival? Pretty excited. <laughs> Very excited. I mean, it's such an honour to be asked to go there and, you know, always lovely big audiences, great screenings. And, you know, I'm glad that people get to see it because, you know, I think it's worth, worth people knowing about this stuff. Erica, it's Andre here. I guess my first question I wanted to ask is, I'm curious about what it's like to make a documentary about your own family. What are some of the things you didn't expect to feel that maybe you felt while making the film? Well, I'm not used to being told no so many times. (laughs) 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 I'm used to finding a way to cajole people into doing something. (laughs) Because it was my mother, well... You know, that hardly happened. She just sort of told me what to... I mean, in some ways, I expected that she would do that. That was kind of a given because it's part of her personality and um, part of her seniority, for want of a better expression. But um, um, I didn't know that it would happen so dramatically and so often. <laughs> I love that you see that in the first moments of the film in her house in Cooktown. You're just seeing her do her morning routine and... After a while, she's like, well, I'm not used to doing this with someone over my shoulder. That's right. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I wonder what kind of documentary did you set out to make when you were making She Who Must Be Loved? Uh, look, actually, it was something quite similar, but I probably, I definitely thought that um, the karma story, because that's an epic, um, very detailed and great Australian yarn, really, the establishment of karma and empire. I thought that that, would be the lead story and we would thread mum's personal story, our family story through that. So, but that got flipped on its head on day one because she just wasn't interested. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> well, Karma, for those who are wondering, is the Central Australian Aboriginal Media Association uh, that your mum sort of was a pioneer in, in fine founding. And, uh, yeah, and so this is what the movie sort of set out to make, but I actually haven't seen it. So where does it end up? Oh, of course, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to go I think see we're it. Able to, we're, I think, you know, like, we're able to, like, through Mum's personal family story, through her history, through her mother's story, through our story, and partly the karma story, we're able to go, we're able to say why karma was such a driving force and important for her in her life, you know. She lost a lot of stuff because she was part of well, sort of part of the stolen generations, and she lost a lot of stuff. So that, I think, um, pushed her to do really dynamic and wonderful things and stuff that's really benefited our nation, really, you know. Um, and, yeah, uh, it ends up, I don't know, <laughs> I think you have to watch it to see. Uh, Erica, uh, it is the first day of National Reconciliation Week today and we wanted to ask you uh, if you and your mum ever had any conversations and what they were like around reconciliation. Well, no, not directly. I mean, mum's a really optimistic person. I think she believes that... I mean, she certainly did believe that, you know, there will be a true way for our peoples, white and black and whatever, to 
uh, live together happily and share resources happily in this nation. I, you know, I know we don't directly talk about that, but I know that that's in her, and it's certainly in me as a result. Um, I think, I think it's. I mean, I don't want to speak for her, but I think you know she possibly thinks like me that there's a long way to go. You yeah. know. Not all the resources that have been taken from us have been given back. And, you know, there's a bit of a way to go. Yeah. Well, um, I I just wanted to to end on asking you about the title of this film. It's stylized as She Who Must Be Obeyed, and then that obeyed is strike through, and then it says loved. Can you tell us what that title means to you? Yeah. yeah. Like in the 80s when she was battling um, with with the other people to get karma going, the sort of right-wing factions of this town that had controlled Alice Springs for... you know, a long time, we're not used to the black woman standing up to them and demanding and asking for extra airtime on their precious community radio station, etc. So they would write letters to the to the local newspaper and call her she who must be obeyed. And oh, so it sort of oh. sprung from that. <laughs> oh, various people in town, yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you asked that question because we couldn't get it quite in on the film. <laughs> it's so cool, and it's. I'm glad you're asking for it to be stylized that way everywhere yeah. that's been reported. It's such yeah. a. I, it's kind of bowler. <laughs> well, you heard it here first on mornings. Thank you so much to Erica Glynn, the director of She Who Must Be Loved, uh, for joining us today on mornings. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. And I'm very excited to say that we have a double pass to that film, which has been called one of the must-see movies of the Sydney Film Festival. And if you're a supporter of this station, a community station, which relies on sponsorship to keep going, uh, if you're one of those supporters, you can give us a call right now and take that double pass to a screening of your choice. The number is 833 nine. If you want to win that and you're not a supporter, what a great time it would be to sign up on the spot. Producer Bree and producer Jess are waiting there to take your call. 833 to win a double pass to She Who Must Be Loved. Guys, I think that's all we've got time for today on Movies, Movies, Movies. What a stacked show. What another week. (laughs) An amazing show. You can catch up with everything on the podcast. Just go to fbiradio.com slash movies. And on our website, as you said before, is Jack and Andre's video of their must-see films for the Sydney Film Festival. It's all very exciting. Mm. I'm so excited. Thank you for joining me today, guys. Thanks, Bridie. Love you, guys. Love you. This is is Burner Boy (laughs) with 34. Comes the language warning. You're listening to FBI 94.5. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.